the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Thanks for joining us. Friday is underway at 10 minutes past 10 o'clock. It's the second morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thanks for being with us. We are guest-free today, so any opportunity, or excuse me, uh, any t- anything that you want to talk about, you have the opportunity now to join us with a very short hold time at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Dial it up and get on the radio. We have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, you can also tweet to me. Facebook message me and parlor message me. And I have the video, by the way, that I referenced a few minutes ago, well, about a half an hour ago, up on all three platforms. Um, find me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, on Twitter, Facebook, and Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R. The video I'm talking about, I'm just going to hit this real quick, and then I'll go, go back to the phone calls. The video I'm talking about is important as we listen to uh, two nights of Democrat candidates and their uh, water carriers uh, at CNN, who are the debate moderators, uh, calling President Trump a racist. I find this really, really fascinating. Um, and this is the video that I shared. Donald Trump was honored and introduced on at well, there, I, I have two occasions here on video slash audio that I will share with you. Lord only knows how many other um, uh, types of events happened, but we, but we don't have videos of. But it's enough for us to to make the point here that it's fascinating how a man like Donald Trump can be considered a friend of the black community, honored and lauded for his lifetime of service to people of color by the likes of Reverend Jesse Jackson, the leader and founder of the Rainbow Push Coalition, uh, essentially an African-American civil rights icon, maybe not Martin Luther King level, but you know a more modern version through the 80s and 90s and today, 
Reverend Jesse Jackson, on two different occasions, introduced Donald Trump this way. You tell me if this sounds like somebody that the black community feels and views is a racist. Give this a listen. I do want to express thanks to you, Donald Trump, for being with us tonight. Uh, we need your building skills, uh, your uh, gusto, um, your rent package for people on Wall Street who represent diversity. And uh, we thank you for coming tonight. Let's give Donald Trump a big hand. <laughs> This was a three-day forum on Wall Street, minority businesses, and executives. The Rainbow Push Coalition hosted this event uh, on minority businesses and executives. And on behalf of minority businesses and executives, you just heard Jesse Jackson praising Donald Trump for his commitment to diversity. A big hand for Donald Trump. Uh, I now want this is this is this is a separate incident or a separate uh, uh, event, uh, but please, it's important. He goes in more depth in his introduction this time. To bring forth a friend who has, uh, well, he is deceptive in that his social style is of such one can miss his seriousness and his commitment. For the success is beyond argument. Uh, when we opened this. Wall Street project, and we talked about it. You gave us space at 40 Wall Street, which was to make a statement about our having a presence there. Uh, and uh, beyond that, in terms of reaching out and being inclusive, he's done that too. Uh, and created for many people a comfort zone when I ran for the presidency uh, in 84 and 88. And many others uh, thought it was either laughable or something to avoid. He came to our business meeting here in New York because he has this sense of the curious and a will to risk to make things better. And so aside from all of, of his style uh, and his um, pizzazz, he's a serious person who's an effective builder of building for the builder of people. Last year, he was a part of our workshop, of our panel workshop on what are the challenges and opportunities. And so this, a year later, Donald Trump, uh, for a few minutes, challenges and opportunities to embrace the underserved communities. Donald Trump. I will tell you, a large percentage of the people, and especially in construction, that are building these great jobs are black and minorities, and I'm very proud of it. We have uh, close to 25%, and I think the number's going up, and they do a great job. There are no better builders than we have in New York, and a big percentage of that is black and minority folks. So I just want to thank everybody in the room for being here. I look forward to some questions. And then I don't know how we're ever going to leave this building today, because if you look outside, it is terrible. But we'll figure a way. There's always a way. And thank you, and thank you, Jesse, and congratulations. This is, uh, this is President, then, not President, then. This is Donald Trump, real estate mogul, billionaire builder, New York icon, being honored by Jesse Jackson and the Rainbow, Rainbow Push Coalition for his work 
in advancing the causes of minority business owners and executives, minority builders, as well as you just heard, as a part of the Rainbow Push Coalition Wall Street project. Donald Trump gave them space at 40 Wall Street that he owned so they would have a presence there. I got to tell you, for a racist, Donald Trump is really, really lousy at racism. And I find it staggering that a man like Donald Trump can be celebrated for his work in the black community by black leaders like Jesse Jackson and all of the thundering applause of, uh, of African Americans in that crowd, how he can be celebrated as a leader and, a, uh, and, a, and, a, and an advocate for the black community up until the time the Democrats want to beat him in an election. Ultimately, that's Donald Trump's story. A builder, a developer, a man synonymous with New York, the Trump brand all over New York, and all the while being championed and being celebrated and being respected and being honored and being known as a strong advocate for the African-American community in New York and recognized as such by Democrats until he decides to run for president as a Republican. And when he, once he runs for president as a Republican, twice, 2016 and now again for re-election in 2020, suddenly he's a raging racist. Suddenly, all of the things that we know about Donald Trump and all of the things that we cheered about Donald Trump are out the window. Because Donald Trump is a bad, bad man. He's a racist. He is a, he is a, 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 a you know, an, a, a, I don't even know what the word is. He's an unrepentant white nationalist, I guess, is where I'll go with that. This is the way the Democrats operate. It is, it is unbelievably disrespe- disrespectful. It is disingenuous. It is dishonest. It is Democrat. Let's go to um, William calling us from Cleveland, right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, William. Go ahead. Hey, did, uh, that, that first debate the other night, did Bernie Sanders call all the health care workers racist? Because if he said if you show up to a hospital and you're the wrong color or you got a weird sounding last name, you're not going to get the service that you're required or that you should get. I think he called all the health care workers that is yeah that is absolutely a way that you could uh the the way that you could view that he did he said if you're the wrong color you will not get the right services so essentially healthcare workers will turn you away or delay your care if they don't like your skin color that's a very very astute observation nurses and doctors have no control who they see they see anybody who they put in front of them and the ceo of the hospital is in the is in an office he don't know they're just sick they're sick you're 100 right, point my friend. That out. Thank you, William. I'm Have glad you did. You're right. You're right. It is. It's a, it's a terrible thing to say, and obviously, it's also an inaccurate thing to say. But he's trying to score points again. It is about pandering to the black vote. I said this on Hugh Hewitt show this morning. Democrats are counting on their standard 94, 95 percent of the black vote to win the election in 2020. They need their their usual 94 to 95 percent of the black vote. And they're terrified. They're terrified because they know that support for Donald Trump and for conservative ideas and ideals is on the rise. 
that there is a Blexit movement in this country, which is the black exit from the Democrat Party. And more and more African Americans are waking up to the fact that the Democrat Party is not looking out for them. The Democrat Party is using them and trying to keep them chained to the Democrat plantation. This is this is uh, it's something Larry Elder talks about all the time. And they are waking up. And all Donald Trump has to do is chip three or four points off of that. If the Democrats only get 91 or 90 percent of the vote, if Donald Trump can scare up 9 to 10 to 11 percent of the vote, the black vote, that is, it's over for them. They cannot win. They cannot beat him. And so the Democrats know this, and they know about the Blexit movement. They know about the awakening happening right now in the black community. They know about what the Democrats, uh, or the Democrats know that the African-American voters know that the Democrats have been using and abusing them for all of these years, keeping them downtrodden, keeping them um, in need, keeping them uh, dependent on the state for everything, from sub- subsidies for their homes to food to medication, etc., etc. The Democrats have intentionally kept the black American uh, population down, and the black American population is aware of it now. And they know what's coming. And that's why they have to pander. Bernie will pander. You heard every single one of them. Donald Trump's a racist. We're the ones who like black people, not him. It's pandering in the of the worst possible kind. I see you on hold. If you're there, stay there. I'm coming right back to you after this on AM 1420 The Answer. All right, 1026, hey, uh, a reminder for you about Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt uh, that airs every weekend right here on AM 1420, The Answer. I think it's on Saturdays and Sundays at 6 p.m. Um, and if you can't listen to it at that time, I want to advise you, go to townhallreview.com and subscribe to the podcast. And you can access it anytime, anywhere from a number of podcast uh, providers, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Overcast, and more. Uh, just go to townhallreview.com. I uh, had to sit in for Hugh, or I will be sitting in for Hugh, I should say, this um, uh, weekend on the Town Hall Review as uh, Hugh, of course, is on vacation, I did his show for the last three days, and uh, they asked me kindly to uh, conduct Town Hall Review um, uh, for Hugh this weekend, and that is exactly what I intend to do. So make sure you tune into that right here on AM 1420, The Answer, this weekend, uh, 6 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays, and go to townhallreview.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen to it at your leisure. John is in Berea next on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, John. Go ahead. Hello. Uh, I hope that President Trump in his upcoming campaign, he will do what he did, at least a little bit, and hopefully do more, of visiting uh, African-American minority precincts to uh, to talk to them. Because one of the things he's got going, the good economy, I mean, uh, you know that uh, the owner of BET, not being a big fan of the president, still has to say he's got an A-plus. Yes, sir. You're 100% right. Robert Johnson, he endorses President Trump, said he has done a phenomenal job for the African-American community. He, uh, I think it's, Ron or it's Robert Johnson, I think. Robert Johnson. Anyway, he says Donald Trump has done exactly that, a great job for the black community. And you're right. He is, was not a supporter of President Trump's. He did not vote for him, but he's an honest man who is looking at right. the results and saying, dang, the guy knew, yep. knew what he was doing, and, uh, and look yep. how it's benefiting all of us. 
and there's a lot of work to be done because uh, I have a lot of African American uh, friends and, uh, and people I know, and I can't find one of them who likes President Trump or will support him. Uh, not not a one. So there's some work to do, and I think sometimes uh, President Trump should think that sometimes uh, the uh, it's better to use sugar than salt in some cases, and that might uh, prove to be. Uh, to be to be thing to do. The one big thing I really like about President Trump, big time, is he's got courage. So many politicians don't. He does. You know the other part about that, and John, excellent, excellent phone call by the way, and I really appreciate that. Make sure you call back again. Make it a, a habit. Um, what what what's lost, I think, to a lot of people in this, you know, this big kerfuffle over um, uh, Baltimore as the left tries to paint Donald Trump as a racist for criticizing the conditions in a in a largely black district and black city, um, is the fact that the president was advocating for the black residents of that city, not criticizing them, criticizing the leadership that has left them in such conditions. What what some people fail to see because of the 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 leftist and the media's intent to paint him as a racist is that the black community in Baltimore has got no stronger supporter than Donald Trump. The black community in Baltimore has no stronger advocate for their well-being than Donald Trump. He called their representative, their congressman, out for not taking care of them. For allowing the, the conditions to be as bad as they are, despite billions of dollars in federal monies going to Baltimore. Where's the money going, Elijah? Where's that money being spent? Because you're not spending it on these people. These people are suffering in that city. The president is actually looking out for the black community, not condemning it, not criticizing it. He's looking out for their best interest by telling their representative, you've got to do better for them. Instead of chasing Russian witch hunts down, why don't you actually go to Baltimore, coordinate with the local leadership, spend some of those federal dollars that we all signed off on going there in proper ways to help these people? To get rid of the crime, get rid of the poverty, get rid of the drugs, get rid of the rats, get rid of the blight, all of the different things that they did. The president is the best friend that the black community has. And you know who knows that? You know who really realizes and understands that? Courageous African Americans. They're the ones who are speaking up. They're part of the Blexit movement. There are videos all over the place of black Americans who were diehard Democrats their entire lives who have seen what Donald Trump is doing for them and saying thank you. No one ever did this for us before, including and especially the first black president, Barack Obama. We'll take more of your phone calls after this on AM 1420 The Answer. News, opinion, insight. This is AM 1420 The Answer. Ten thirty-six. We roll onward on the Street for All Friday edition of the Bob France Authority. Really appreciate you being with us. But thanks for being with me all week, by the way. Especially if you were tuning in early to the Hugh Hewitt Show over the last three days, I was uh, uh, very, very excited to be able to sit in for Hugh again, and then of course to do this show, giving us five hours together. Really, uh, virtually each of the last three days, uh, really, really special. So I appreciate you being around. Uh, for as long as you have been and could be. Uh, Jan is in Greater Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jan. Go ahead. 
Hi. You know, uh, this 2020 election is going to be a choice between being manipulated or empowered. And the Democrats are all about manipulation. They've been manipulate, manipulating the blacks. And now, uh, without a brain in their, of their own, we have these mouthpieces like uh, uh, Lemon and, you know, they, one tries to outdo the other. They don't care if it's a lie or slander or what. They want their bread buttered, and they think it's going to be, that's what they have to do. And uh, just like uh, uh, Cortez, mm-hmm. you know, I, she's, she's handed, uh, I, I think she's very good at rattling off what she's told to say. And so it's not the, the manipulated mouthpieces that irritate me so much. The worst of the bunch, because he knows better, and he knows he's lying, and he knows that Donald Trump said uh, he was not referring to the white nationalist, or they should be uh, they should be uh, totally dismissed, you know, totally yes. uh, condemned. And and he knows better. Uh, he knows better, and he has the audacity, as a claims to be a Christian person, to build his whole campaign. That's why he's running. He's running because of Charlottesville. I, I, I just can't. I don't know if they are. If he fools himself or what. Well, you know, the thing is, it's not just fooling himself. Uh, it's, it's a lot of the people who have been fooled because this continues to be said. Liars like Pete Buttigieg, liars like Beto O'Rourke, liars, uh, all up and down that Democratic field, uh, continue to use Charlottesville, say, accusing the president of saying that Nazis are very fine people, too. Uh, absolutely 100% disproven, debunked, even by left-wing, uh, organizations. Uh, Politico, which is no, uh, you know, uh, a conservative, uh, a bulwark, uh, certainly, and they have pointed it out. In fact, they put the transcript out there of him absolutely decrying the white nationalists and the white supremacists who were there that day. But he pointed out correctly, and I'm not going to go back and play the audio again. I've done this ad nauseum since uh, the Charlottesville tragedy. But uh, the president very clearly declared that the white nationalists and white supremacists are to be condemned. They are despicable. They are they are ridiculous. Uh, just as Antifa should be condemned because they are terrible. They are violent. They were there to fight. They were there to commit crimes. But he was saying that there are very good people, however, on both sides of the statue debate. Because there were people there who were not white nationalists, but who just wanted to protect the history of the uh, cities and, uh, and, and of the United States. And they were just disagreeing that the statue should be taken down. There were also people there who were not Antifa, who were there to say, we really should take these statues down. They represent the wrong things. Those are good people on both sides. Not violent, not white supremacists, not Antifa. Good, decent people just there to make their voices heard peacefully. Those were the good people. And the fact that the left continues to this very day and will continue up until 2020 to proclaim inaccurately, dishonestly, disingenuously that President Trump was talking about white nationalists when he said there are good people over there, um, is, it's, it's a lock. They're going to do it. They're going to do it, and uh, they're going to try to fool people and, again, use that as proof of the president's racism when the president, of course, said no such thing. Thank you uh, very much uh, for that. Let's go to Frank in Brook Park. You're next. Hi, Frank. Hi, thanks, Bob. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this is first Saturday tomorrow. Uh, we'll be meeting at Benedict and Abbey at, uh, for 9.30 Mass. Or 9.15, I'm sorry, 9.15, excuse me. But it, everything begins at 8.30, so I, I got that 30 mixed up. No, anyway, I got you. Okay, 
anyway, uh, and we'll be going to the uh, abortion chamber at 12,000 Checker Boulevard. So I'm inviting people to go with us tomorrow, to be with us. Uh, for non-Catholics, you can go straight to 12,000 Shaker Boulevard. There's a great guy there all the time, Ted Just. He is sensational. He's not Catholic, but he's a terrific pro-lifer. And uh, for the West, people coming from the West Side, the I-490 connection is under repairs right now by the state. So you have to go, but it's really pretty simple for West Siders. Uh, coming from I Interstate 71 or I-90, you can just get off at Orange Avenue, which comes up very quick on the George Voinovich Bridge when you're going eastbound on the big the big bridge, George Voinovich Bridge. So uh, you can take Orange Avenue, follow it. It, it leads you right into, if you follow the sign, don't make a mistake. And you go Woodland Avenue, which takes you to Buckeye. It's a, a right fork on a 40-degree turn. And uh, you go right up. Buckeye Boulevard takes you right to uh, Shaker Boulevard at the top of Wood Hill Road, uh, Wood Hill Road at the top of Buckeye. So uh, Frank, you're all invited. Uh, schedule again at uh, 9.15 a.m. Ask for Catholics to go to the Benedictine Abbey. Or anyone, by the way, anyone can go there. <laughs> you, don't have to be, you don't have to be Catholic. Uh, the, the, of course yeah, not. He, Everyone is welcome, but you know, yeah, I, I get your point. You don't want to let people who are not Catholic think that they're not invited. Uh, so make yeah. sure that you know, if you don't want to go to the mass, you can certainly still go to uh, the location. And Frank, I want to yeah. thank you for continuing to keep this top well, of right. mind. You know, I the, have one more thing to say. Oh, you do? Okay, go okay. ahead. Okay, really, you know, we always think about the babies. That's so sad. But I know from doing this for over forty years, this type of thing at different locations, abortion mm-hmm. those have been. The uh, women are mutilated physically very frequently. I would say one out of eight has physical damage. So when you're saving one baby, you're saving mothers. You're saving the mothers. And we've had women die there that we found out about. That was difficult to find because of the HIPAA laws, but we did find it out. And there have been many, many women seriously wounded, mutilated, I call it, at the abortion chambers. So you're saving two every time you can prevent one abortion. So Well, you're saving not only two. I could probably, you know, Frank, extrapolate oh, yeah. that out and talk about the fact that it, when the woman is saved from not being mutilated, chances are she will go on to have multiple babies. You're saving other then, lives as well because when they get mutilated in such ways, um, you know, a lot of times they become sterile. They cannot carry yeah. a baby after one of those really invasive and, and yeah. abusive abortion procedures. So you're, yeah. you're protecting future lives as well. Yeah, yeah. thank you. That's good. And by the way, all the extended family, the fathers right. and the grandparents, there's a lot of very, very sorrowful grandparents we've met over the years. So, yes, you're all invited. Uh, again, you can get there as, as early as 7 o'clock. Ted Just is there at 7 a.m. reading his Bible. He's been doing this for 40-plus years also. Well, Frank, now now I do want to get to my thanks to you for for keeping this top of mind because, you know, abortion is a hot-button issue for a minute or two if there's a court case coming up or there's the March for Life in uh, January, February, you know, and at various moments in time, it's a hot-button issue. And then it subsides for a while as people get into other issues, immigration issues, this, that, and the other. And it does need to be top of mind. And as a matter of fact, uh, the president last night at his rally in Cincinnati made sure uh, that this was addressed as well, you know, because quite frankly, people will say this election that's coming up is a battle between capitalism and socialism. And they're right. 
This election is a battle between limited government and liberty and big government taking away your liberty, and they're right. But you can also say that this election is a battle between life and death, between conservatives like President Trump, who are generally pro-life and who will continue to nominate pro-life justices if the opportunity arises at the Supreme Court, and pro-death, pro-baby death uh, uh, candidates who will do just the opposite to try to keep Roe versus Wade uh, intact and also to try to weaken other strict anti-abortion laws that have been passed. The president last night wanted to make sure this stayed top of mind as well. Democrats have never been farther outside the mainstream. Liberal politicians want to eliminate private health care and force everyone onto the government plan. Remember the lies from the previous administration. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. 28 times, one lie after another. 28 times it was said, and it turned out to be a total lie. My administration is defending your right to choose the plan and doctor that is best for you. We're offering right now plans up to 60% cheaper than Obamacare, and we will always protect patients with pre existing conditions always always virtually every top democrat also now supports late-term abortion and then you'll have like a governor of virginia it's not only late-term abortion it's killing the baby after the baby is born. How about that? And again, you know, that's one of the top of mind things that is no longer top of mind, right? When Ralph Northam made those barbaric statements for a hot minute, it was, you know, oh my goodness, he can't do that, get him out of office, to where is he six months later? Uh, he's comfortably in office and is going to be running for re-election. And why? Because he has cover. The media is not staying on the story. If the media wanted to, the media could keep Ralph Northam and his unbelievable comments top of mind, uh, keep it on uh, you know people's minds, and, and remind people. And instead, no, this is a Democrat who's embarrassed by this scandal, and therefore we have to bury that for him. And this is what the president and what Republicans, quite frankly, are up against all over this country. Uh, because they just, you know, everybody knows that there's going to be roughly $2 billion spent on this presidential election on both sides. People raise money to run for the presidency, and it's hard to get your messaging out, and advertising costs so much money, and so on and so forth. Democrats have an unimaginable advantage because they don't have to buy advertising to get their message out. And they don't have to buy advertising to go negative against their opponents. They have free advertising in the form of CBS and NBC and MSNBC and ABC and every one of the Sunday shows and so on and so forth, everything except for Fox, because they will have free advertising promoting their ideas and slamming their opponents at the very same time. And that's a huge, huge issue in and of itself. Bob is in uh, Parma. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, uh, Bob. Go right ahead, sir. 
Uh, hi, Bob. I haven't talked to you for quite a while, but uh, the last time I did talk to you, I talked to you about how in August of 2016, I uh, made a prediction that uh, Donald would win, despite all of the polls, and I based that on the work of uh, uh, Dr. Aubrey uh, Immelman, uh, Associate Professor of Psychology, who operates a a group called the Unit for the Study of Personality in, in Politics. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I, I went online to check out what was going on there lately, and on July 8th, uh, he projected the winner of the 2020 presidential election. And guess who he who he's once again selected? <laughs> well, that's good to know. I, you know, I vaguely remember this conversation, believe it or not, from okay. three years ago, where you because I remember the name Mibbleman, so I do remember you bringing this up. Uh, well, so see, right. see what 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 he's done is he's developed a means that has worked reliably since 1996 for uh, accurately predicting before Super Tuesday the outcome of every presidential election since that time. And it's based on the perceived uh, character, if you will, of the candidates um, by the by the public, and he he builds it on like five different major uh, personality characteristics, like extroversion, uh, adaptive narcissism, social dominance, introversion, and conscientiousness. And uh, I got a kick out of the fact that uh, he he went further to explain that uh, 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 about uh, Donald's narcissism scale. And a lot of people think that narcissism is, is simply just a matter of uh, uh, self love. Uh, the yeah self uh, self praise. You know that the the person is doing everything for themselves in their own self honor. Well, what was interesting was he he made the point that. On the narcissism scale for Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, they were almost identical. <laughs> but the other four factors made the difference between Donald's score of 45 and and Hillary Clinton's scale, uh, uh, score of 29. Wow! Now it turns out in this, as they have identified uh, all the current uh, Democratic con- contenders. Right. As they have evaluated them, uh, they uh, the the one at the top is Joe Biden with a scale that ranges between sixteen and twenty nine. So in a sense, he's he. So if the he's top, the best that they have, if he's the highest that they've got so far, then President Trump is sitting in good position. As I think of the uh, the end game there, uh, Bob. I got a jet. Thank you so much for the phone call. It's ten fifty one. That's good news, by the way. If that. Uh, prognostication holds true again. That's fantastic news. Uh, right back with the final segment, maybe a call or two more right here on AM 1420 The Answer. All right, final segment of the broadcast, four minutes before the top of the hour. Mike Gallagher waiting in the wings. He will take you to Prager, who will take you into uh, Dr. G, Sebastian Gorka, absolutely love that new addition to the afternoon uh, lineup. Uh, Jay Sekulow, Larry Elder, stay here all day, all night on AM 1420, The Answer. If you want more great political analysis, societal analysis, cultural na- analysis, free of buffoonery, you got it right here. Jerry is in Brexville on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Jerry. Go right ahead. Good morning, Bob. I just wanted to tell you, I bought three of those uh, Rush Limbaugh 
uh, T-shirts with uh, "Stand by Betsy Ross." Love that. And I wo- and I wore mine the other day, and two women came up to me, and they just thought they were absolutely great. And I told those women, I said, I think you know the only way Trump is going to get elected if you women get behind him. And this one woman told me, she said, don't worry about that. We don't say too much, but we love Trump. So uh, uh, if, uh, whatever people think, I think women are going to vote for Trump. And each one of them told me that those four donkeys, I'm being polite, they can't stand <laughs> them, and, and they think uh, they're awful. So the women are with us, I think, Bob. So. Well, the most important thing you just said to me, Jerry, the most important thing you just said to me is when they said, we just don't talk about it much. That is exactly what happened in, you know, the last time around. All of the polls showed Hillary Clinton winning in a relative landslide. And the reason why is people, they were asking people who were willing to talk. They were not asking people. Well, I mean, they were, maybe they were asking, but they weren't getting the responses from people who wanted to stay low key. And the reason why is I'm on, I'm on, uh, you know, social media probably more than I should be. And I'm telling you, as somebody who, who visits these sites and I read, I don't respond to everything, but I read everything. Well, as much as I can. Anyway, um, women are being shamed by liberal Democrats if they're Trump supporters all over the internet. People are asking, how can you possibly support somebody like Donald Trump? If you're a woman supporting Trump, you are uh, you are essentially selling out your own kind. You are selling out women who are being mistreated, people who are sexual assault victims, women who are uh, be, uh, you know uh, uh, wage gap victims, and all these other kinds of things. And they're being assaulted verbally for their own political points of view. And so you know what those women are doing? They're not messaging it anymore. They're not acknowledging. And it's not just women. There's a lot of other people, too, including uh, minorities. A lot of black people are going to vote for Trump, but they aren't telling anybody because they don't want to have the fight with every other black person who calls them Uncle Tom or this or that or the other. You know, again, just take a look around. You see and hear this all the time. So you know what they're doing? They're keeping it low-key. They're keeping it to themselves. They're not out there pumping their their political views, uh, you know, into everybody, into everybody else. They're just staying low key. And when the time comes, they're going to go out and vote in November of 2020 for President Trump, and it's going to shock the world again. I thank you so much for that phone call, Jerry. Great stuff. Great conversation all day long. Thanks to my guest, David Arredondo. Thanks to you. Thanks to the crew as well. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher is coming up next. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.